0: the carl pray before erin comes please Amen. Thank you for calling it seated and seated. Um, if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. We've been working our way through Mark's Gospel and uh, seeing some of the miracles and the wonderful things that Jesus did uh, in the midst of his disciples and in the midst of crowds um, to show his power and to show uh, that he was indeed the Son of God. And for the next little bit, Mark records some of the teachings and preachings uh, that Jesus gave. Uh, and the one we're going to look at today, the power the, it's called the parable of the sower, or pa- uh, parable of the Seed or parable of the uh, soil. Um, all those names really are correct. It's about all three of those things. Um, and it plays in. But uh, you know, the life of, of Carlyle Hannah, and other uh, saints uh, remind us of how important it is to serve the Lord. And to remember that what God expects of us is our faithfulness and our obedience. So when we're faithful and obedient, God's the one that's responsible for the results. We work as hard as we want, but the results are are never our doing. They're God's doing. Uh, Paul said it this way, he said, you know what, some plant, some water, some harvest. But it's ultimately God that gives uh, the increase. And so... Uh, Jesus tells this parable before a crowd that's gathered around him, um, uh, around the Sea of Galilee. And remember, uh, a little while ago, he told his disciples, you know, get a boat ready because we're going to, you know, crowds are coming and uh, we need to be ready. And so here they've showed up. Uh, and so Jesus gets out on a boat, kind of a platform where he can be, a, you know, speak in front of people and they can see him and he can speak to them. Um, and uh, so let's take a look. Beginning in verse 1, it says, And again he began to reach by the, teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him. And so they got into the boat and sat in on, on it, the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea, and he taught them many things by parables. And he said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed, that some of the seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it, and some fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on the good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see but not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown with their hearts. And likewise, there are ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the world's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But to those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some So Jesus, in teaching this parable, uh, we need to remind ourselves that it, it, Jesus said, I'm teaching this, he began, well, first, let me back up. He said, "Let." he ended it, let those that have ears hear. Well, not every, everybody has ears, but he wasn't talking about physical ears, he was talking about spiritual ears and the ability to hear Spiritual things. Those that are not looking for God are not going to understand God's ways. And they're not going to hear and understand what he's trying to teach. And that's the point that Jesus was making. So he said, I've taught in parables so that those that are seeking after God can understand. But those that aren't really trying or learning, that they're not going to understand. And so Jesus isn't saying, I want to hide the gospel from anyone. Jesus wanted everybody to hear the gospel and everybody to come to know the benefits of a relationship with God. That's why he came. So he wasn't, although we can take it by reading it, and sometimes we might misunderstand what Jesus is saying, saying that he's excluding some, he's not excluding anyone. He wants everyone, but he does not want somebody to get caught in the trap of getting uh, all emotional and uh, caught up in the moment, and get think they're saved. They make they think they made a decision for the Lord, but in reality, they haven't. And that's what the parable was about. It, and so, uh, we need to look at um, a couple things. And um, the first thing I want us to look at, I called uh, the reactions to the seed. Some seed. Nothing happened to it. It fell on ground. The ground was hard. Nothing happened. It was wasted seed. Some fell on some rocky soil where there was some dirt, but not a lot. And so what happened to the seed that fell on that dirt began to grow, but it quickly vanished away when the sun came up and because it didn't have any roots of so plant doesn't have a good root system, what happens to it it can't get water it can't get the nutrients that it needs from the ground and so what happens? it dies it shrivels up some. Seed seemed to fall on pretty good ground. But there were lots of weeds. And so eventually, though that seed had sprouted into a plant and it had developed some roots, the thorns overgrew it and it died. And then there was some that was really good ground. Now, the seed was the same seed. It was the Word. And as Jesus says, hey listen, don't you understand this? That it's the Word and those that are in fertile soil and those that are you know, wanting to grow and be grounded in the things of God will get it. And not only will they get it, but it'll grow and produce fruit. This last kind of soil was the only soil that produced anything from the seeds that lasted. Jesus wanted us to understand it's not about having some kind of spiritual experience that makes us saved. It's not by making one-time decisions. Now let me qualify that in saying this, that our salvation is a one-time decision. You're saved once. And if you sincerely repent of your sin and believe that Jesus Christ paid for your sin and you receive that gift, you're saved and you're saved as you're ever going to be. You don't get saved 50 times. It's one time. But that one time decision has to be nurtured and taken care of and that plant, if you will, using the analogy that Jesus uses here in this parable, has to be tended to. We do not do things so that we can be saved. We do things because we are. Seeds don't have to do anything to sprout. They just sit there in the dirt. They don't worry about things. They don't toil around and spin at night waiting for... All they do is sit in the ground, and if that seed's going to sprout, guess what happens? That seed dies. And it becomes the root or bulb of that plant. You plant a garden and you put the seeds in the ground and then you pull the tomato or the carrot or the onion or whatever you've planted. The seed's not in the ground anymore. The seed is turned in to the fruit. So the point is that seeds don't stay seeds if they're fruitful. Jesus wants us to understand, and this helps explain why sometimes people, I remember one time, uh, at Calvary, we had a lady that, the first time she had come to church, and I pre—I don't remember what I preached, I'm sure it was a good sermon, most of mine are, you know, uh, I'm just teasing about it, you know, there's some goose eggs every once in a while. But we had preached, and we had the end of the service, and gave the invitation, and this lady came up, um, and one of the other ladies went and prayed with her, and motioned for me to come over, and she said, so-and-so, I don't even remember what her name was, um, she said, so-and-so, Uh, has rededicated her life to Christ uh, and wants to join the church. Wonderful! That's great! Well, guess what? The lady joined the church that day. She said she rededicated her life. We never saw her again. And we did follow up with her and try to get her to come to church, but it, you know. Why did that happen? Because, and there are a lot of people like that they've not made sincere decisions, they got caught up in emotionalism. I said, I want to follow the Lord. And when Jesus was teaching and he was healing people of diseases and blindness and crippledness and casting out demons, flocks and flocks of people followed him and cheered him on. But at the end of Jesus' life, the crowds were much smaller. And those small crowds weren't saying, Yeah, go, Jesus, go, Jesus. They were crying, Crucify him. Crucify him. Because it's not about making a decision. What it's about is building a relationship with God. Now, a decision is part of that, don't get me wrong. But the decision's not the primary thing, and the decision is not what it's all about. It's like the seed, and that seed, if it sprouts, if it just comes up quick, if if they're on rocky soil, it's it's going to be gone before very long. If it's in soil that has lots of thorns. It's going to be strangled out. And so Jesus, as he tells this parable, says, you know, there are some that won't understand. And even those that were in Jesus' inner circle didn't really get it. And Jesus don't you get it? You can't understand this parable. How are you going to understand any of it? And so Jesus went on and explained it. See So all kinds of different soil falls, but you know what the sower does? He tries to make sure there's good soil, but you know what? when you sow a garden, you don't just take one little seed. I meant to bring a pack of seeds and point, but you all know how small a seed is. You don't just dig them out one by one and put one here, and then pick one out of the bag and put one. You don't do that, that's crazy. What do you You take that seed and you just, you know, apply it into your little rose that you've dug and hope and pray something's going to sprout from it. Some of those seeds will sprout, but not all of them. Remember of the, we, uh, Leslie and I, planted a garden one year. We've only done it one year. I uh, said, Won't it be fun for us to plant a garden? by the end of that fall we'll just go to kroger and we'll pay a dollar for the carrots and a dollar for the cucumbers and a dollar for the onions <laughs> we had uh cucumbers and squash and carrots coming out of our ears uh because the the ground was good because we got that miracle grow dirt and mixed it in with the with the dirt that was already there and we watered it and took care of it and weeded it and So it produced a lot of fruit. Well, there's another very important lesson that goes along with that little seed. And that's the reactions to the soil. Some that fell on that hard, untilled ground just died out. Nothing happened to it. It was just laid there. Some began to sprout but quickly went away. Others sprouted. And seemed to be doing good, but eventually died. And others produced fruit. Healthy plants always produce fruit. They all had the exact kind of seed. It was the same seed. But there were different results produced. There was good soil in two... Of these illustrations, these last two, and in fact, it was the same dirt. It was the same soil. Had the same mix of Miracle Grow and regular dirt, and you know maybe some compost mixed in and to help it out. But one part of the soil was different. One soil allowed thorns and weeds to grow. And we all know there's kudzu here in Mississippi, there's lots of it in Georgia. And you know about kudzu, once it gets started, it gets everywhere. And it will strangle out anything else. That's what weeds do. By the way, that's what sin does too. But this good ground had allowed thorns to grow up in the midst of their beautiful plants. And what happened? That beautiful plant didn't produce fruit. It died. It was in the same soil. But it was not tended to in the right way. The soil was the same. But what was present in the soil was different. In the third example, it had that good soil, but also thorns and weeds. Now, if you're a good gardener, and some of you plant gardens all the time, you're a little more adventurous than Leslie and I, you know that if you're going to have a garden, what do you constantly have to be out doing? You constantly have to be out pulling weeds. And anything that's not part of that plant, you yank it out of the ground. Say, get on out of here. You history, punk. Uh, And you water it, you take care of it. You make sure it gets sunshine. You make sure it gets water. You make sure it gets weeded. And when you do, what happens? That one seed that you planted grew one tomato plant or one cucumber plant or one squash plant. But that one squash plant if you didn't know this already and you thought, hey, I'm just going to plant a little garden and it's going to just be great. and I'm going to have squash one afternoon. Understand this. You plant one seed, you are going to get a bucket load of squash. You're going to have squash. You're going to have cucumbers. You're have, whatever you plant, you're going to have it coming out of your ears. If you take care of it, if you weed and you water and you make sure there's sunshine, you're going to get a bumper crop. Well, Jesus wants us to understand the same is true in our spiritual life. If you're a child of God, if you're saved, that seed of the gospel got into your heart and it sprouted. And that's a wonderful thing. But once it sprouted, the work has just begun. You've got to continually... Water, and you've got to continually be in the sun. You've got to continually be weeding stuff out. Because this is what Jesus said to the parents. He said, you know what? There will be some that have this good plant, but they let the things of this world crowd in. And you know what? When there's weeds in a garden, it takes up the sunshine and the nutrients and the water that the plant needs to grow healthy. Does it still get some water and nutrients? Yes, it it probably does for a while. But it doesn't get all it needs. James said, that he said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Joshua in the Old Testament said to the Israelites, he put it to them this way, you cannot serve to God. Pick which one you're going to serve, and serve him. Jesus is telling this parable to make the point that if we are his, we change. When you receive that gospel and that gospel seed sprouts, we're made new. We're not that seed anymore. We're now a Christian plant. And healthy plants, what do they always do? They always produce. They always produce whatever fruit it was that they were wired to produce. Well, Paul tells us that what Christians were designed to produce is fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23. Love, joy, patience, kindness, self-control, etc., cetera, etc., etc. Those are the things that sprout in our life. And if we want the fruitfulness that God intends for our life, guess what that means? This is the whole point of the sermon and the whole point of this parable. If you're going to have good fruit, you've got to have good dirt. And you've got to make sure that dirt stays good. And it stays good by being in God's Word regularly and by praying and fellowshipping with other believers and other spiritual disciplines that God desires for His people to do. Not so that we can be saved, but because we are. Because we're a Christian plant, we reflect Christian things. And I tell you that when we allow the things of this world to press in on that good soil and on that good plant, it begins to kill our good Christian plant. And if we're not careful, it'll eventually be squeezed out and die. Well, Satan knows that if he came at us with a weed whacker, we'd run—you know—we'd throw up our protection, and he wouldn't be able to get us. And he knows if he just came right out and told us he wanted us to do something. He said, you know what? Uh, Church plant, I want you to jump out of this soil and jump over to my soil. He knows none would do that. And so you know what he does? He says, well, I know how to kill these Christian plants. I'll crowd them out. I'll let them put other things in their life that it'll just squash out God altogether. And then that plant will die. And they won't seek to serve God anymore. But you see, Satan can't do that unless we let him. Unless we get spiritually lazy and quit tilling and tending to the soil that we're planted in, and doing the job of weeding and pulling out because listen we live in this world we're a part of it and this world's going to impact our life but if we're not careful to make sure that we don't give in to temptations of this world we don't allow things to, to attract our attention you know it's easy and weeds a lot of times they don't look like weeds we've got this Purple yuck that grows up in our yard every... And they have flowers on the end of it. And I spray them and try to kill them, and they come back every year. And so I get that stuff out, and I spray them again, and they'll be gone in a couple weeks after I spray that stuff. And then the grass can flourish. But they look pretty. Purple's a pretty color. But that bad boy's a weed. And if you don't kill those weeds... Before long, you're not going to have any grass in your yard. You're going to have a bunch of purple weeds in your yard. You're not going to have any grass left. And friend, can I tell you that we all probably know, and I hope we're not, but I I hope we know others, that, you know, say they're a Christian and a believer, but there's tons of weeds in their garden. And because there's tons of weeds, there's not much fruit. Because healthy plants can't live and produce as fully as it's supposed to when there's a bunch of weeds and thorns around, snuffing it out. And Satan is wise and smart, and so he knows if he can keep our eyes off the weeds, those weeds can overtake us. So friends, God says to us through this parable, you know what? Make sure you're not still a seed. But if you are still a seed, let it sprout. Come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you're not a seed anymore, you've been changed from a seed into this Christian plant, make sure your plant is as healthy as it possibly can be so that it will produce as much fruit as it possibly can. In our old house, when we lived in Columbus, we had a fig tree out in our backyard. And um, that I didn't really know I liked figs until we had that tree. But the first year we it, I said, you know what, these are pretty good. Well, you know what I learned? I also learned squirrels like figs. And there are a whole lot of squirrels in that neighborhood, there are a bunch of trees. And so you know what, most of the time the squirrels got all the figs and I got just a few. That tree that we drove by there yesterday uh, it, our old house was close to where the funeral home was that to the funeral that we were to go to. That fig tree was cut down. It wasn't there anymore. Probably because what was also in that yard that wasn't there when we were there was some kudzu and some other vines and thorns that had taken over a good part of that side yard. And so the tree didn't survive. Sadly, there's a lot of Christians that allow weeds and thorns to come into their lives. Snuffing out, and when they realize that it, it's too late, the Christian life is a one-time experience, a decision to follow Jesus and be saved. But that one decision is followed by a daily decision—a daily decision that I am gonna follow Jesus, and I'm gonna allow Jesus to rule my life. And in my garden, anything that surrounds me that doesn't look like Jesus, I'm going to yank it up and cast it out. I'm only going to let godly things. And that's why Paul said in the book of Philippians, he wrote to the Philippians, he said, listen, the things that are lovely and noble, you think on these things. Because we all know you put garbage in the soil... Garbage is going to come out. You put garbage in your body and in your mouth and in your mind, garbage is coming out because that's what you've been feeding it. And so the answer to that is make sure you feed your spirit good things and spiritual things so that it can grow and you can be all that God created you to be. But friend, I want you to know you can only do that by the grace of God. And only by allowing Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit to work in your life. And to guide you. To say, God, you look through me and anything that shouldn't be there, you yank it out. And we do the things that we know help us to grow as a child of God. One of those things is coming to church. Church. You know what? Sometimes sermons are really good. Sometimes they're okay. And sometimes they just stink. But they're all healthy and necessary for us. You know why? Because God said God's people ought to be gathered together in God's house. And that's what God expects His people to do. Jesus said, When you pray, and when He said that, that tells us He expects us to pray. We said, when you read your Bible, when you worship, these are things God expects you to do. And when you don't come to church, you don't pray, you don't read your Bible, you don't put godly things into your life, before long, you're going to find God's not there. And it wasn't Him that left, it was you. Let's pray again. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. God, thank you that you love us enough that you give us teaching that we can understand and apply to our lives. Lord, we've talked about seeds and soil today. Lord, if there's one here today that still is at that seed stage. Would you help them today to call on you and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I deserve to spend eternity in hell. But I also know that you shed your blood on the cross of Calvary for my sin. And today I receive that gift. By faith. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. Lord, maybe there's Christian plants here today that this message has just been a needed reminder because we are, as we mentioned in Sunday school this morning, we're all forgetful. And we all need to be told things over and over again before they finally sink into our thick skulls. Lord, it is important that we tend our spiritual garden. It's not just a a once-a-week exercise, Lord. It has to be a daily thing that we're looking for thorns and weeds, and once we see them, we get rid of them. But, Lord, sometimes we don't see the thorns. We don't see the weeds. So my prayer is, Lord, you would help us to have spiritual eyes that we would see the weeds in our life. Those thorns, the things that try to kill our Christian life. Lord, help us to put those things out of our life that we can be healthy and fruitful for your glory. There's one here today that needs to rededicate their life. So, you know, I am a Christian plant, but I'm not the fruitful plant that I need to be. Help us to change that today. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Let's stand together and sing this hymn of invitation that God spoke into your heart. And there's a decision you need to make for the Lord. Then today's, in this place, is a great time to make it.